If you'll join with me, today's scripture reading is from Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, good morning. It is good to be with you all this morning. Um, I have so enjoyed getting to hang out with some of you and to get to preach the last, I don't know how long, several weeks, um, a while. But anyway, next week, I'm going to wrap up this series on spiritual formation. So I'm going to ask you to do one simple thing that you'll probably forget, but I'm going to give it a try. Maybe I'll email it. Could you bring something to write on? I have here like a, an idea, like a, a journal. I have tons of these, and I start them, and then I forget them, and then they're all over my office. And I don't know which one was what, you know, was for what, that there was a purpose for each one, and I, you know, write in five pages and forget it. But you might have something like this. So if you want to bring it next week, we're going to look at what does it look like to have a life with God where we're intentional about it, where there are these rhythms of grace, and how can we be thoughtful about, like, our year, or or the winter, or a month, or a week, or a day, and really consider how can we live this with God life? And what would it look like to be intentional with some of these rhythms that we've been talking about in our lives? So I want to encourage you just to bring something to write on and kind of try to get practical together and ask God to kind of lead us into, I mean, what are these things that God, that you want present in my life that are life-giving and connect me to God's spirit in a, in a real way? So I encourage you to kind of think about that and even come next week ready to write some stuff down, Okay. Let's say a prayer again. Would you pray with me one more time? And and we're going to look at Matthew 11. God, thank you that you love us. And I think about that song about just casting our burdens on you. And God, I ask this morning that you would give us a sense of your love and of your grace and of your care for all of us. Ask God that in this short passage that you would teach us, that you would meet us here and, and that you would just open up our our ears open up our eyes to see you um, and to be taught by the words of Jesus this morning. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, This morning's passage is short. Uh, We're going to look at it really word by word, phrase by phrase this morning, starting in Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus starts off by saying, Come to me. Come to me. To me. This passage starts off with with a simple invitation to human beings from Jesus. Come to me. And in these scriptures, God is consistently inviting us back home, right? God is over and over again saying, no, I invite you back to me. I love you. Jesus is not one to give up on us, right? Jesus tells stories about you know, a hundred sheep and one of them leaves and you leave the 99 to go get that one. God, Jesus, is one who is always inviting us back. So Jesus starts off this, this short teaching this morning with a profound invitation. And I don't want us to run over these first three words. I want us to pause with it. Jesus says, come to me. And I read these three words. I, I can't help but see an image 
of a loving parent with a small child, and the small child maybe, you know, is tired or hungry or is playing with somebody and gets hurt or is running around and something happens. Can you picture that moment of, of a child doing something and then having that moment where they need help or something goes wrong, they're tired, they're grouchy, they stub their toe, and can you just picture a parent saying, we probably wouldn't say, come to me, we'd probably say, come here, right? Like that moment where a parent says, oh, just, just come over here. Like, come here, I got you, it's okay. Just come here. And Jesus says to us, even this morning, come to me. Like, I, I got you. Come over here. So we're going to look at this like word by word, phrase by phrase. And I hope that these words, if we pause, can comfort us. Maybe challenge us too, but, but comfort us in this deep love and acceptance of our Heavenly Father. So we start off with this. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Now, perhaps this morning, you feel absolutely free and light and your life is just epic with no big issues. No, there's just very few smiles when I said that. So perhaps your life is like, man, it is like, it is sailing, it is epic, there is nothing to worry about. And if, if you are in that kind of season of life, which we have those seasons, man, I say this sincerely, man, rejoice. Like, thank God, rejoice. Celebrate with your friends, right? Like, just be grateful to God that you're in a season that is just sailing, and it's just awesome. Because for, for many of us, even this morning, we have distinct worries, burdens, a distinct weariness that we are carrying around in this season of life. For one reason or another, for, for different reasons, for in different extents, but, but many of us have a, have a weariness. Just like in Jesus' time, many of them had a certain weariness that Jesus speaks to. And I don't mean a weariness that's like, I didn't sleep quite enough, Right? I, I stayed up watching a dumb movie and I didn't sleep enough. I just need some coffee. Like that's one kind of weary and that's real, right? But then there's a different kind of a weariness that's like deep down in our bones, in our soul, where we have a point and it's like, I am weary. I am weary of this life. I'm weary of how it's going. I'm weary of myself. That this life on earth can be exhausting. Right? And, and there's, there are basic parts of the, like the daily grind of life, right? Like working, commuting, getting all the things done on your checklist every day, maybe having a hard time sleeping, maybe being sick, paying bills, going to the dentist, like all that stuff, right, of, of life, getting your kids to school in the morning. That's just my personal thing. Like all that stuff of life. But then there are these deeper points of weariness where there's loneliness or there's failure where there are, are broken relationships, where there's maybe physical distance from your loved ones, where there's insecurities about who we are, insecurities about how good we are, insecurities about how much we have accomplished in this life for God. Just the burden of life in a broken world with broken humanity can cause us a deep weariness. And, and researchers say that in this last couple years of life in America, many of us have an extra layer of weariness. 
weariness about confrontation and disagreement and these huge issues coming um, in front of us on a daily basis that we're trying to wrestle with and trying to figure out how to disagree with other people, and it's hard. And, there, and there's a weariness in our state, in our country, in our world, a weariness from facing big things that just keep coming. It's hard. So we become weary. The other thing that makes us feel weary is just our own shadow side. Because we make mistakes, and we sin, and many of us fall into a cycle of sin, and then we feel ashamed, and we feel bad, and we, we don't feel loved by God, because we're holding on to that shame, and it gets into this cycle. All these things that we are holding and carrying, and the weight can become very crippling on our shoulders. And Jesus says, you don't have to carry all of that by yourself. Amen? Can I get an amen? Like, really, amen. Can I, like, are you with me here? Jesus says, you don't have to carry all of this by yourself. In fact, don't carry it by yourself. Don't carry the weight of all of it by yourself. You can't. You will just fall down. It will cripple you. Jesus says, I know you're tired. I know what your burdens are already. I am with you, so come to me. The other way to think about a burden, which is probably more specifically what Jesus was getting at here, was there is a burden of religion. A burden of religion that is overly strict, that is overly condemning. A burden of, of messages we've heard that just made us feel just full of shame and not hope. It's this legalism and this, these versions of religion that, that have weighed us down over time and just done nothing but add shame on top of us and not hope and not grace. And many of us don't even need to be taught that. We just, something inside of us will bring that up. This, oh, I should, right? I should pray more and I should tithe more and I should do more and I should evangelize more. And then there's like a weight that can just sit there. But Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen? So I'm going to talk about a yoke for a few minutes, and I could easily talk for a couple hours. I think it's super interesting. But it gives us a picture of what Jesus is saying here. So I have a few pictures of animals and yokes. So can we get some of those pictures of animals and yokes? Okay, so I got four or five pictures. So just go ahead and go through those every few seconds. A, a yoke is just a piece of farm equipment for agriculture, right? And a yoke could be on one animal, usually be on two animals, and they could pull, really it was an awesome invention, where they could pull something heavy like a plow and, you know, get the field ready for planting and growing. So you could get a lot done with a yoke on a couple of strong animals. But the thing with a yoke on animals is there'd be different kind of yokes they would make, and they could fit really well on an animal where the animals could, could handle the burden. It, it would fit well on the animal, and they could do it. And then there could be how heavy of something that you're pulling. So you could have a, a yoke that fits and a burden that's manageable, and the animals can do it. Or you can have a yoke that doesn't really fit on the animal very well, doesn't work very well, 
and carry a huge load that the animals can't do. So in their society, they all understood, you, you need a yoke that fits the animals and a burden that's not too heavy so you can make it work, right? It's workable or you can make it where it's not workable for the animal. It's just too hard, it's too heavy and it doesn't fit. So in the time of Jesus, this idea of a yoke or the word yoke became used for how people in their society, these good Jewish people, they would take on a certain teaching of the Torah or of the old commands in the Old Testament. And basically, whatever teaching you took on or put on, whatever teaching you subscribed to, that would be like your yoke. It'd almost be like, oh, like they're the Charismatics and they're the Presbyterians and they're like the Methodists and, and they each kind of have their own interpretation. So back then, people had their own rabbis they would follow and they would say, well, I'm going to take on the yoke of this teaching or of this rabbi. So remember, Jesus is a teacher or a rabbi and he is teaching what it all means. So remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying, you heard it say this, but I tell you, I tell you to interpret it this way. In that time, there were all these kind of competing definitions or interpretations of the Torah, which was the the first five books of the Old Testament and the commandments and laws that Israel lived by. And what happened over time, since the original text was written, is people would interpret it and those interpretations would become rules, and they'd be written down and kind of codified in, in this law. So then you had like the original Torah, and then a rule on top of that, or a law that became like the standard, and then another rabbi would add a rule on top of that, another one would add a rule on top of that, until there was this super complex legal code, like interpretation on interpretation on interpretation, super complicated, everyone putting their spin on it. So a, a rabbi in the time of Jesus would have their own yoke, And it might be like a kind of chill yoke, like we follow it this way. Or a rabbi would say, no, I am super hardcore. We follow all the stuff, and I'm going to give you four more rules on top of those rules. So now Sabbath was beautiful, but now it's super complicated. And now there's all these rules, which actually takes the joy and the meaning out of Sabbath because there's so many rules on how to follow it. And it's interesting, this passage in Matthew 11, the next two little stories are actually about Sabbath where Jesus is walking through the grain fields with his disciples on the Sabbath, and they're hungry, so they grab some grain to eat it, and the religious people are like, look what you did! You broke the Sabbath. And I'm summarizing, Jesus says, dude, chill out. Like, we just took some grain on the Sabbath. You religious people have to calm down. You got so many rules on rules, I can't pluck some grain when I'm hungry, when I'm taking a walk on the Sabbath. Okay? And Jesus very frequently called the Pharisees and the Sadducees and kind of the way they had all these rules on rules on rules, he called them hypocrites. And he frequently said, you're just making it too hard for people. And it's not okay. And it's not godly. And it's not good. So he called them out over and over again because they had these expanded legal codes to protect the law. All these unrealistic expectations, rules on rules on rules. So then Jesus comes along He says, this is what I mean. This is what this verse means. This is what the Torah means. This is what love means. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It'll fit you. It'll be okay. I got you. Another way to explain this is Jesus is saying, here's how I view discipleship. Here's how I'm going to disciple 
people. And it's not just rules and on rules on rules on rules, but there is a life with God that I'm going to teach you. And God loves you. And there's gentleness. And let me invite you into this teaching, into this way of life in God. And I want to look at this phrase, for I am gentle and humble in heart. This is central to this whole idea of trusting God, of letting God take our burdens. If we believe that God is gentle and humble in heart. There's a lot of even very famous, very, very old sermons in American church history that emphasize in a very dramatic way that God is so angry, he's just ready to drop you in hell. That's how horrible you are, that God is holding you over hell, ready to throw you in, that that, that's how who God is. And Jesus says something very different. He says, I am gentle, I am humble in heart. I don't know if you've ever had a teacher or a boss or a coach or someone in authority who is just mean and angry all the time. Who's ever had that? Like my kids tell me today, like they have certain teachers, they're just mean. They don't know why. They got their own issues. They're just mean and angry all the time. And then you can probably think back to life and think of a a teacher or a boss or a coach or whatever who demanded a lot out of you, right? Who wanted you to learn or wanted you to grow or wanted you to work hard, but there was a sense of being cared for, like a, a sense of being seen as a human, sense of being loved. Jesus is like, no, I am the teacher. I am gentle. I am humble. I love you. We're going to do this differently than all these Pharisees and these Sadducees. Jesus says, come to me. I am gentle and humble in heart. I am warm. I am kind. You can trust me. Just come to me with all these burdens. I will help you. For I am gentle and humble in heart, in the next phrase, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. Many of us desperately need rest for our souls. And you can look for rest in all kinds of other places. Some of them can be really helpful. But Jesus says, I will give you rest. Like, come to me, sit down with me, I will give you rest for your souls. I'm reminded, I want to read this famous passage that you probably know, Psalm 23, but I just hear echoes of this and what Jesus is saying. Psalm 23, the beginning of it, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. I'm going to read this same passage from Matthew 11, but from the message translation that Eugene Peterson did. It's it's a paraphrase. It's kind of an idea-by-idea translation instead of word-for-word, because I, I think this particular translation is one of the most beautiful I've read, and it brings out the meaning of this text. So I'm going to read this from the message, kind of slowly, I hope you can soak it in. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting 
on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. God is our comfort. God is our hope. God is the one who wants to give us rest. And I love this particular phrase in the middle of this translation. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. There are these rhythms, this way of life in following Jesus. Jesus did give us a particular teaching, a particular way to live, a particular way to see God, a particular yoke Jesus taught. But it's a yoke that has gentleness, lightness, freedom, hope built into it. Jesus is not like the Pharisees and the religious leaders who just lay up rule on rule on rule on rule until it feels hopeless. But I I want to clarify something. I think it's interesting that Jesus doesn't say there is no yoke, right? He could say there's no yoke. Jesus says there is a yoke. It's just that it's going to fit you and I'm, I'm in this with you and I'm gentle and I got you and we can do this together. I will empower you to do it. But there is a yoke. Like, there is good work for us to do in this world. There is something to carry. There are spiritual disciplines that we need in our lives so that we can be with God and let God transform us. There, there are sins to right, run away from. There is a need to be with community, with other people who help us with all of this. There are particular ways to live this life. There, there is a yoke. It's just that Jesus wants us to get this yoke that fits us with God's love and with God's grace built in, not just additional burdens. Dallas Willard has a lot of teaching around how we can misunderstand the easy yoke and think that it just means we do whatever we want. And then when, then when we come to the big point in life, we can like love our enemies really well, even if we haven't kind of been with God. But that actually, the, from Jesus through Paul, the, the way that's taught is that Jesus had a very particular way of life, and he taught us this way of life, and, and Paul filled in a lot of, of how to live with God and fruit of the Spirit and spiritual disciplines. And that the idea is, as we are with God, we have rhythms of grace with God, that God forms us into people who can live the Sermon on the Mount. So if you think about Jesus Before his ministry, he fasted and prayed for 40 days, alone in the desert. Jesus would leave the crowds when it all got busy and he was starting to get really famous. He would just take off and go be up on the mountain all by himself with the Father and pray before he would go minister again. Jesus is a Jesus who took a nap on a boat in a storm. He took a nap. While they worked, he was like, it's my nap time. I'm on the boat, there's a storm, but I'm, I'm taking a nap right now. Jesus just told the truth to everyone. He didn't have a bunch of stressful things. He just told the truth. So he didn't have that extra stress of lying to people. Jesus didn't really seem to care much about material possessions, like at all, right? So he had this this way of life with the Father, of being with the Father, with these certain values, a, a way that he modeled to us. So we've been talking the last few weeks in different ways, from different angles, about rhythms of prayer, rhythms of spiritual disciplines 
in our lives. And one way to see spiritual disciplines is just our way to answer when Jesus says, come to me. Right? If Jesus says, come to me, rhythms of prayer, rhythms of being with God, it's not a burden or extra thing for God to get us to run on a treadmill. It's just our way of going to be with God as a rhythm in our life when Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. So we look at these things taught in Scripture and how Jesus lived of of silence and solitude. We look at the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us, or the Jesus Prayer. We've talked about meditating on the Sermon on the Mount and soaking in it and reading it and sitting with Jesus' teachings. We've talked about praying the Psalms, which is probably what Jesus and his disciples did as was the custom of the day, to, to pray these Psalms on a daily basis hourly basis. We talk about these different ways that we go and we seek God's face and we sit with God. These are rhythms of grace. Rhythms that help us experience God's grace. Rhythms where we can stop and be reminded of God's grace when we're trying to carry it all on our own. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So I'm going to close, I think it's a little early, so if the worship team wants to get ready, but I I want to first read this passage one more time really slowly and prayerfully. So if you want to look at it in the scripture, or just close your eyes, but I I want to read this one more time, slowly and prayerfully. These are the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Would you pray with me? And I I, want to specifically say a prayer for any of us who feel weary this morning, which I'm pretty sure is, is a decent chunk of us, if we're honest. So would you just... Stop, and I just want to pray for us, and then we'll move into a time of worship and communion. God, thank you that you are a God of love. You are a God of grace. You are a God who is gentle and kind to us. And God, I know that many of us are weary for different reasons, to different extents, but God, I know that some of us are weary. So God, we pause to say, God, would you help us in our weariness? God, help us to cast our cares on you. Help us to look to you and trust that we are loved and trust that we will be okay. God, so in this moment, we say, God, we give you our stress, we give you our weariness, we give you our anxiety, and we say, God, please help us. Let us find your rest, your grace. Let us sit with you and know that we are loved. God, we thank you. Amen. You know, in a few moments, we're going to take communion, and and Stephanie has in the back. If you need communion elements, why don't you raise your hand, and we'll try to get you one. But I want to pause for a moment and... Remember the sacrifice of Jesus.
I think it's easy, we do this every week, so it can be easy just to get in kind of a rhythm. You know, these things get passed out, take a moment, we take them. So can we be intentional for a moment? I'm actually gonna just have you take these whenever you're ready on your own as we begin to worship. But could you pause for a moment and remember the sacrifice of Jesus for you? There's a sacrifice of love. To remember that this little wafer represents the body of Christ that was broken for you out of love. Can you remember that this juice represents the blood of Christ shed for you out of a deep love and care for you? So could you just pause and and reflect on the love and the sacrifice of Jesus and just take this whenever you're ready.